Mike, and thank you for joining me for this episode of Amateur All Tours. You can follow us on Twitter at All Tours Pod, or you can email us with any questions, comments, or concerns at the Amateur All Tours Podcast at gmail.com. This episode is, I'm, I'm very excited. Thanks for joining me, everybody. But uh, I do have a special guest, Will Roosh from Cylinder Radio. And we're going to be having a conversation about something that's very uh, near and dear to us. Uh, but first off, Will, thanks for joining. I I'm very much appreciate you coming on to the show. For sure. Yeah, it's good to see you, man. Yeah, it's good to see you too. Uh, for those of you who aren't aware, I did have Will on the show, uh, and I this was like Years a, ago. a year and a half ago, maybe yeah. at this point. Um, we were just kind of discussing, you know, teaching. We, we, it was a well-rounded discussion about really teaching, teaching in film, general film discussion, and it was a lot of fun. I highly recommend uh, listening to that show as well as checking out Will's show, Cylinder Radio, and I'll pass it off to you if you'd like to plug your show where we can find you, reach out, because you got a lot, you have a, I'd say a pretty well-known presence on uh, social media now too. It's growing. Yeah, you were actually the first person that ever invited me to come on their podcast. And I was so thrilled. I was like, wow, this is crazy. Um, and now I do, you know, like I try to, I have to limit it to like two a week. I'm not like famous, but like, I think I just, I, what I'm doing is essentially resonating with people, which is triggering thought, working my way through things. I'm a teacher by modeling learning constantly. So I'm just a constant learner. And then I brought, put that, expanded my classroom to social media. And it's resonating with people, which is really cool. Yeah, awesome. And um, where can we? So, what? Uh, where can we find your show? And uh, anywhere on like social media? Yeah. So on social media, it's just my name, Will Roosh. It's W I L L R E U S C H uh, on like Instagram. And then my podcast is everywhere podcasts are, which is uh, Cylinder Radio. The idea of like different angles, you see different shapes is the thing. Because I'm all about viewpoint diversity and stuff. Same thing on on YouTube. Is just my name. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, and I'll link all those as well because okay. I think um, I, I listen to your show. It's great content, um, as well as your Instagram page. I love listen, looking at your stories, your perspective on things. It's definitely looking at all different perspective, and it's it's very uh, it's it's very enriching. I'd say so. I highly recommend Will stuff. Thank you. But um, so the film we'll, we're going to be talking about today is Born a Champion. Um, and the reason I wanted you to come on specifically is because I know so Born a Champion is the the new jujitsu self-proclaimed love letter to jujitsu from Sean Patrick Flannery and I wanted to bring you because I know that you're a jujitsu practitioner and for those who don't know I'm also a jujitsu practitioner I think it'd be interesting to get perspective on this film from two people that have varying degrees of uh of of experience in jujitsu. So uh, before we get into the movie, I just want to ask you real quick, well, what's your experience? How long have you been practicing jujitsu and what is jujitsu meant to you? Um, it's so it's, it's huge. Uh, I've had a bunch of jujitsu black belts on my podcast. Cause I, I think that there's, it taps into some really um, great wisdom. Uh, I've had like five or six um, jiu-jitsu black belts just to talk about ver various uh, um, issues. So I, I wasn't a very um, physically active kid. Um, I wasn't like an athlete or anything like that. And then when I was in my early 20s, I got really sick. I had like a really crazy, weird, fluky thing going on with my brain called intracranial hypertension. And I it was spent a lot of time in and out of the hospital 
um, the ICU a lot, had a bunch of surgeries and stuff like that. I couldn't be physical. And where before I was like, I'm not going to be physical. Um, now it's like, oh, I wish I, I was, I was so foolish. So I wanted to find a sport and, uh, Zach Maslany, who is a, a jujitsu coach, black belt, really great coach. He's like unbelievable coach. Actually, he has a couple of students who are in, you know, ADCC and world champions and stuff like that. He was one of my best friends I grew up with and he has always been in that world. And I was like, if I'm going to pick a sport, I'm going to pick the best sport. And he was kind of sold me on it. Um, and, uh, and, and I started then. So I started in a, like about 2009 uh, and then dabbled a little bit in boxing and, and Muay Thai and things like that and wrestling a little bit, but really just jujitsu was, was the one that connected with me the most. And, uh, and it's just, it's taught me so much. It's humbled me in the best of ways. It's given me confidence in the best of ways. And what a weird thing to be extremely humbled and extremely um, boosted, a boost of confidence all in the same act. It's strange. Yeah, exactly. And, and you're, I think we talked off there, you're a purple belt, correct? Yeah. So um, it was a weird situation. So I've been training for about 11 years, maybe 12 years, um, took a bunch of breaks when my wife had kids and stuff like that. Always kind of trained. I've been in weird situations, strange situations. So yeah, I've been a purple belt since 2000 and maybe 17. And then before that, I was a blue belt for about six years. Um, ended up leaving a gym. There was a whole thing about like ranking and stuff like that. Not making excuses, but like, it's just essentially, it was just like a weird thing where you can be, you know, I know um, a guy, uh, John Blank, John Thor Blank, who uh, got his black belt in like three and a half years, just a super stud, you know, great athlete, just awesome taps everybody. It's one of those things where you, time comes when it kind time comes and it's, it, there's so many different things, but you probably even just as long as you've been training, like, like it's not like Taekwondo or something like that or karate where they have a black belt. So, it means something, but you can't really tell you. As soon as I roll with someone, if I roll with somebody within 30 seconds, I can tell you what belt they are They're And they're either a really good purple belt or an average brown belt, you know, like something like that. I can tell what a white belt is, blue belt is, purple belt is, brown belt is, black belt is. The belt really means nothing. It's just, it's just like what, it's just representative of your skill level, which is really cool. You know, and that's, so that's why like, I'm a purple belt. And uh, even though I've been training for a long time, but I'm like, I'm okay with that because, you know, when I roll, it's like, okay, like I know kind of where, where I'm at. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. yeah it makes sense uh, for the layman. Uh, like the quick rundown, like Will was mentioning it. Uh, the, the, the belt system works from white, blue, purple, brown, black. Uh, some, some academies and gyms, they do like um, degrees in between, uh, which is a little notch on your belt. Uh, there's up to four degrees. Uh, per belt. Um, it's just an, essentially like what we were saying, the belt doesn't really mean much. It's just a representation of your skill level. And it's a really quick, like when I see that belt, I'm like, okay, there's, there's certain things that I can understand that you know how to do. And the degrees can also be like, okay, are you a fresh belt or are you like towards the end of your right, like, of your right. tenure in that belt you're almost at that you know you're almost at that next level um so uh will is a, a, a purple belt i'm a white belt so i've been i've been practicing since october of uh, 2019 my whole journey with jujitsu i mean i was i was an athlete uh all the grown up i was an athlete uh varsity uh i swam and played lacrosse in high school i swam uh, D3 through all four years of college. And then I went to nursing school for a year. And that year, I, I mostly was just I, I worked out so much because I, I had to have an outlet for my uh, for my stress of that year from hell. And it was it wasn't until I graduated 
that my buddy who's down in Maryland, he came and was like, oh, so when are you going to start jujitsu? I'm like, you know what? That's a very good question. I remember we were in my, my parents' den, like a very small split space with like a carpet with concrete under it. And we were just like, he was just showing me basic stuff. And I call, and I looked up on Google, hey, like local gyms. And I, I wanted to not get a, because I didn't know anything about jujitsu and I didn't know what to look for. So I was like looking around. I wanted to avoid these McDojos as mm-hmm. they say it in the movie, as well as that's kind of in the martial arts community, like these fake gyms. And so I, I was trying to look for smaller gyms that had like low reviews, but had like very like five stars all around and like good testimonials. And I found this gym uh, and it was one of the, I sent an email and they sent me like a PDF of a book that the instructor uh, wrote of just like, oh, how to look for a gym. They called me within like five hours of sending that email. And they said, hey, are you interested in coming? Like first session's free. And I still remember the first session I went, I had, you probably know this as well. Anyone who's practiced jujitsu, even has just done one session, like their story. Yep. Everyone has it. Yep. Their first time rolling when you have Mm -hmm. no idea what's going, you're warming up. Like you don't know anyone. Like it's like, and that's the other thing that struck me is the camaraderie that every, everyone was close. And I just kind of felt like an outsider, but everyone was super welcoming. And then I remember, oh, three lines, you know, you're doing your hip escapes, you're mm-hmm. doing your uh, scoots, you're doing, um, you know, your, your stand-up. That's what we do at our gym. And I was like, what the hell are we doing? And then we started rolling and I was paired with a higher belt and he was, you know, let he was, we were doing like uh Darce chokes or something. And he was, he was let, he was really getting me, he was letting me get it, really explaining it. And then like, okay, to, uh, 30 minutes of roll or 30 minutes of drilling, 30 minutes of rolling. And I just remember just like, it's not because so, I didn't know what I was doing. I don't even remember like the rolling so much. I just remember the feeling of just like pure exhaustion and just muscle pump and fatigue. And I remember at the end of it, you know, we bowed and I went into the office. I said, oh, what do you think? I said, sign me up. And I remember my, my forearms were so pumped that I had to hold my hand steady because I was trembling to sign the paper of like, here, like, here's my card. Like, he's like, oh, I'm like, can you, you have to fill out my card information because I, I can't write that well but I could sign the paper and I haven't looked back COVID definitely put a damper on the uh on the training I'm fully vaccinated uh I most of the members of my gym are fully vaccinated that's the other thing like I I trust the people at my gym I don't really trust Mm -hmm. the people that go to the regular like the regular gym like I don't know what those people are like but I know everyone at the jujitsu gym they're washing their geese they're keeping up with hand hygiene you know and you've been and I've been seeing in or maybe the lack thereof in evidence that COVID has not been sweeping through jujitsu gyms, but it, Interesting, right? it's, but it's been, I don't want to say sweeping through, but there are cases of people, you know, the crunch fitnesses, the retro fitnesses, you know, these 24 hour gyms, people are getting COVID and it's just interesting. I'm like, Oh, why, why is that? So, so, um, but yeah, I haven't looked back. I absolutely love it. I have a tournament coming up and at the time of this recording another week, an hour ago, I was rolling, so it's definitely a lifestyle that I, I, I love, and I recommend jujitsu to everyone. I don't think it's for everyone, but I think everyone should try it, and that's including whoever is listening to this. I think you should do, you should try jujitsu, um, and then that can transition us into this film, Born a Champion. So this self-proclaimed love letter to jujitsu. Now. <sighs> What are your opinions of martial arts representation in film? I mean, we, I mean, there's obviously the hyper stylized kung fu, um, 
mm-hmm. stuff like that that is mm-hmm. more like performance wise you know bruce lee a scott adkins but mm-hmm. then you get films you know something that does it i would say well something like warrior the tom hardy film the mma the mma uh ufc film and then on the other side of the coin you get Nicolas Cage in I think it's called Jiu-Jitsu where it's not Jiu-Jitsu I haven't seen it either but I don't need to see it um where it's like oh it's Jiu-Jitsu but it's not it's it's the McDojo like throwing flying kicks where you're like this is not Jiu-Jitsu so what are your uh just real quick what are your thoughts on like you know um representation uh, in film okay yeah I do have thoughts can I just I just want to go back just to sell I want to sell Instagram um, Instagram I sell Jiu-Jitsu hard real quick too when I say the story Everybody who's, who does jujitsu has a story where they go in and they go up against someone who is much smaller and physically weaker than them, and they are completely powerless under their control. And it is it it it, it cracks your understanding of what is possible in the world. It re- like I mean, it really makes you go, wait a second, that can't be. It can't be that this small person can control me so much. How is, it doesn't make like physical sense. Sam Harris, you know, smart, super smart guy. Like he talks about it. Like it's, it doesn't, you look at what a jujitsu person does and it looks like the same thing that you might be doing. It's like when you look at someone drowning, their movements look very similar to someone who's treading water, but it's not. And, and those, the little differences make all the difference. And, um, you know, I heard uh, one of my friend Zach's uh, uh, students say, when you become like a, you know, blue belt, something like that, like you all, it's like the end of the matrix, just talk about movies, like the end of the matrix where he can see the code and the guy's throwing everything. He's just like, this, this is so, this is, this is it. This is it. Like it's, it's startling when you start, you probably have already done this, where you start just like playing around with your friends, you know, some of your boys like want to like pick fights, be, oh, you're doing jujitsu now. Blah, blah, blah. They just, and you can just like, you just gave me your back so easily. Wow. <laughs> wow. Okay. That's, it's, it's unbelievable. It's the closest thing we have to a superpower. I believe, you know, Jocko Willink has said that. Yeah, exactly. Um, so that's, that's just something I wanted to share. But um, as far as the way it's shown in, in film, I thought that like um, some of the scenes in John Wick were pretty good. I think the best fight scenes or martial arts scenes in a movie that comes to mind is the movie Haywire with uh with Gina Carano. Okay. Have you ever seen it? Uh, I have not. It's the the fight scenes, you could probably just even see a clip on like YouTube or something where she beats up a guy in a hotel room because she was an actual MMA champion. The the fight scenes are super realistic, really well done. There's no music, there's no sound effects. It's it's really well done. The movie Haywire I'd say is probably the best it's been done. I thought Warrior was was good, um, and I thought this movie was good because, again, um, yeah, I mean, I don't know about as much about about Warrior. It's been a while, but um, for this movie, Sean Patrick Flannery is a legitimate black belt. I mean, one yeah. of my friends is one of his students, and like, you know, I mean, he's been in the game forever. So all the the choreography and the main bad guy in this was Edson Barbosa, who is a UFC you know top contender. Um, Henzo Gracie is in it. Like there's all these people that know what they're doing. So it looks like a fight because they're essentially doing jujitsu, which is a fight. Like you're fighting in the gym. You fought an hour ago. So just do that in front of a camera. It looks real because it kind of is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that is one thing I want to say about this movie is uh, it, like, like generally, like, the, the the like talking about the jujitsu and w- the way it's shot like you can tell that like they know what they're doing like sean patrick flannery didn't direct the film and you could but you, the way they block the, the shots they block the film 
and they block the fights. Like they're not the the thing with like f- filming uh, fights with people that don't know how to fight. Uh, like you think of like the Bourne movies, like the camera shaking. Matt Damon maybe got a crash course in combat uh, combat acting or whatever that is called, and they're shaking the camera all around to hide the fact that they are pulling punches that they don't really know what they're doing. So they're out adding this artificial action but here you know the camera is is mostly staying straight you know when when he's trying to uh hit like a a flying arm bar like he's doing that you know when he's pulling dudes down on the ground and uh choking them he's doing it and that like that that comes through so well that they're not faking it and i think it even it enhances just how because the whole film he's just saying you know jujitsu uh, like there's the whole scene of him fighting his um the McDojo uh, mm-hmm. Kung Fu Taekwondo instructor. He's like, oh, like you just you throw the throw the elbows, your eye gouge, all this all this crap that doesn't work. And he said, you know what? I'm gonna tell you what I'm gonna do. I'm telling you what I'm yeah. gonna do. And and I and just so you know, I'm not making it up, and it's not a fluke. I'm gonna do the exact same thing in the exact same order, and it's gonna work every single time and that and and the fact that they don't cut away from him pulling the moves is i think is like a testament to the filmmaking and just the the art of jujitsu um and i guess again with the film like what are your first impression or your impressions of the film after watching it because I, I brought this up to you i don't know if this was on your radar if you had heard about it no i hadn't no um I, I liked it. I mean, it was good. I mean, you know, I was worried because I was going, okay, I saw the trailer, I think. I think you might've sent me the trailer and I was like, oh no. Like you're telling me that some guy who hasn't trained and doesn't have a lot of training is going to go in and beat it uh, like a UFC champion. Like that doesn't happen. Like the, there is no, like one of the, I love the Rocky movies, obviously, but like there's a, an element of them that frustrates me, which is just like, you have the will to win and the will will get you to win. It's not really the way it works. Like if you don't have the skill, you swam. If someone just like is really angry or really just wants to beat you in swimming, like they're not going to be able to beat Michael Phelps. And like, if you just want it more, like, no, it doesn't work like <laughs> nope. that. And that's one of the things that I get frustrated with in a lot of these movies is like, no, your physicality matters. Your, your age matters. Your, you know, your training matters a lot, like that kind of stuff. So there were elements of that in the movie that was a little frustrating. Like the fact that this guy was supposed to be like a UFC champion. And then he at 46 years old was able to basically still tap him out. Eh. But the fact that it was, um, you know, 20 years ago. Yeah, that's a very important. That's a really important thing because this sport, Joe Rogan is talking about this. The sport has evolved more in 30 years than it had in the previous, the sport, I shouldn't say that, just say fighting, has evolved more in the past 30 years than it had in the previous 3,000. Mm-hmm. we have learned more and we've learned more about about fighting like hand-to-hand combat in the last 20 years than we did you know or let's say 10 years you take a ufc champion from 2005 you know whatever like chuck liddell even in his prime and you put him up against you know jan blankowitz or someone who's the ufc champion now it wouldn't i don't think it'd be that competitive I think that the, the, the game is evolving so quickly, not just in jiu-jitsu, but in stand-up too. This low calf kick that just took out a guy on Saturday. It took out Conor McGregor. This is new. 
This stuff is so new. There's so much, even in jujitsu, there's so many moves. It's not like bowling or basketball or baseball where it's like the same thing kind of over and over again. And then you can just, you're able to do a little bit more because your physicality, there's whole new ways to choke people now that people are just inventing. There's infinite number of, of moves, which is, makes it really cool. But it's, I think that, that that's what allowed me to go, okay, I'll buy into this is because it took place in the 90s and then, you know, in the early 2000s. Yeah. Because if it was modern day, which Warrior was, I was, I was like, ugh, I don't know, man. A school teacher's going to get in there with the best in the world and beat people. No, no, they're not. <laughs> No, these are people who are committed their entire life. They drink water on Saturday nights at the club, like, and then they leave by 9 p.m. Like these are these are these are dedicated athletes now. And the tough guy stuff just doesn't fly too much anymore. Yeah. And you mentioned Warrior. Like the thing about Warrior is that it's not so much about the fighting, it's more about like the drama mm-hmm. behind the fighting. And it's yeah. all building up to like the final confrontation between the brothers. Yeah, he's fighting Koba, this big Russian that is uh, Drago. He's fighting Drago and yeah, or Fedor. He, it's supposed yeah, to be like Fedor. Yeah, and he's being thrown. He's being literally thrown against the cage and being smashed. And then he beats him because he's got the will. You know, he he's being he's in a he's like in a guillotine, and it's like, don't you tap? Just hold on. I'm like, dude, you're you're gonna pass out. <laughs> like, don't tap. Yeah. I guess it's but uh, yeah, you can't just like not pass out if someone's got you there but it's more about the drama so that's why it works for me but here i think it's a very good mix of drama as well as good fighting and that like my first critique is kind of the like the dialogue of the movie it feels like a little stilted uh i mean some of it is true like when they're on the the opening shot when they're on the plane and like oh you you train fighting is that like karate oh no it's you know, you, you're, you try and get your opponent to submit by, you know, bone manipulation, joint manipulation. And I was like, I'm like, people don't talk like that. And then I was thinking, I'm like, I bet I sound similar to that when I, I was just going to say, I do. That's exactly what I said. Like, <laughs> yeah. I might not use those exact words. However, good. it's like, it's the yeah. sentiment that's there. And I'm like, you know what? I'll give it to him because I'm probably the exact same way when I'm describing this. And people again are like, I say more. It's it's MMA because it, we're living in modern day. It's not the 90s or even early 2000s. Like it's like MMA except no punching on the ground. It's like the ground mm-hmm. warfare, and they're like, oh, so you like choke people and then you show people or like, um, like one of the guys at my gym was in the Bellator and on uh, the Ultimate Fighter, the UFC show on Spike, mm-hmm. and I show them, I'm like, yeah, I roll with this guy, and he's like mm-hmm. smashing dudes, and, and they're like, you want to roll with this guy? I'm like, well, he's not smashing me. It's that respect. Mm-hmm. Um, what is it? Jocko Welk says, you know, you're training to kill people with the respect of, lo- of not letting it get to that point. Yeah. But yeah, the dialogue I throughout the movie, I was kind of like, uh, OK, it's kind of it's a little cheesy, uh, it's, but I understand where it's building to like that culminating fight when, you know, I think it's I think it's also kind of bullshit that they uh, they ax the wife. It's very it's a it's a cliche, but I didn't like that. I, I certainly was like, oh, she's dead. She's dead, dead. Uh, and but then, you know, he uh, spoiler alert. He <laughs> if, sorry about that, everybody. But he ultimately goes blind and he loses <laughs> everything. Like it's him yeah. losing everything. But and, and but I think I, I don't mind it so much because it's representing what jujitsu is to him and to Sean Patrick Flannery and to many practitioners is that the mat is I think Sean Patrick Flannery said on uh, the jujitsu podcast that it's a um it's it's the church without a priest 
and that's a, it represents like that, like him yeah. losing everything like he has jujitsu and it doesn't matter even though he has children that uh or i guess a kid whose name is kid um who he does have left but jujitsu is his everything but, i yeah. actually um do you ever roll uh with your eyes closed you know what i never even thought about that i i think after my tournament because I've, I've heard um because sean patrick flannery has said about uh he gives he handicaps himself where he'll um he'll tape tennis balls into his hand the yep, done that too, yeah. hand, the, the purposely handicap himself mm-hmm. to get him to think that's actually a really interesting idea i've never thought uh, about doing that before i roll with my eyes closed like against really good competition and bad competition whatever i'd say about a third of the time maybe even half the time my eyes are closed and wh- why why do you do that uh, it doesn't serve me if I'm, you know, I'm not going to do it, obviously, if I'm, you know, like on in the outside, like open guard or anything, but when I'm, when I'm inside, you know, doing something, um, maybe uh, it could be on top. Usually when I'm on the bottom, when I'm playing guard and I'm getting, you know, pre- pressure passed or something like that, the, my eyes aren't serving me at all. Cause it's, it's a totally a feel thing. So, um, so I just, I just, I just feel like I'm able to feel things out maybe better. Like, uh, like was that superhero, like uh, daredevil? Oh, daredevil. Yeah. I don't, it might not help me, but I, I do it a lot. And, and I don't even t- pay attention to it now. It's just people tell me all the time, like, well, oh, your eyes closed. It's like, oh yeah, I guess they are. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Mm-hmm. And that's, um, I, I, there, I just had a, a point too about like, kind of like the character. One thing that did kind of bother me about this movie is that, you know, like you, you mentioned earlier, like the physicality, like all that matters, but mm-hmm. you know, he's like, I think of the scene when uh, the trainer comes in and he's, and he's like, Oh, can you just like roll my boy here? You know, just give him some extra practice. And he's rolling with him. And he's tapping him out. He's, you know, they're, yeah. they're rolling the and champion. Yeah. The, yeah. And he's like putting him in straight guillotines. He's, he's, uh, yeah. he's getting him on his back and he's putting him in, in um, rear naked chokes like instantly. And they're like, man, he just won like Brazilian nationals. What are you doing here? And I'm like, did he win Brazilian nationals? Well, like giving okay. people his back real quick. But again, it's yeah. time. That's this what I was going to say. This is another yeah. reason why I wanted to bring you on here because yeah. you might have better perspective than me. <laughs> yeah, like, well, that's that's a re- that's the important point. Again, the top, you know, when Brazilian nationals now, you're talking about what, Gordon Ryan? Like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like, like you know, Wagner Rocha? You know what I mean? Gary Tonin, like, no, you're not. <laughs> These guys are so good. There's no holes, no holes. But what happened was back then, I mean, the people were not just like, it, it was so isolated. So now there's information all over the, all over YouTube. There's information everywhere. Everyone's doing, um, you know, privates and, and it's all kind of out there. And they're just, the, 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 the progression, almost nobody did jujitsu in in whatever that was probably like 1997 or something with that that scene took place or whatever nine maybe like 2000 okay like no one was doing jujitsu really like not many people very very few it had only really been on our radar since 1993 in ufc one so i mean just there weren't schools around there's southern california and stuff like that i grew up in pennsylvania there wasn't a jujitsu school so so I think that the level, when you watch, if you watch like um, old ADCC, which I love watching, like from like the nineties and stuff like that, you know, Eddie Bravo, who I trained under um, for a while, he won in 2003, he tapped out um, Hoyler Gracie with a triangle and it was a really big moment. And even in 2003, like 
there, there, you can see holes in these top, top, top players. You can see holes in their game. Like Eddie Bravo in 2003, who beat Hoyler, like he would go out maybe first round in black belt in, in, in the modern day. I guess he was a brown belt at the time, but in ADCC or whatever it is, in ADCC, he would go out probably first round. Just it's evolving so quickly that I saw, I thought the same thing. You and I are on the same page. I was like, come on. He, there's no way the national champion went out like that. But then I was like, you know what? Maybe a big, strong dude, athletic guy who knows some basic jujitsu might be able to win a championship in 1999. Like you really could. Yeah. And, and that's like, the other thing about that I really love about this movie, because th- those are my critiques, but like, and the thing, like I said, like, oh, like the, the dialogue's a little stilted, you know, it's like, there's, there's a lot of cliches, but however, the performances sell me, you know, everyone is so passionate and like the dialogue is a little stilted, but everyone's so naturalistic. Um, I believe the, the, uh, the relationships as people have, I believe what people I and and I feel that's also everyone inv- is invested in the movie you know it doesn't feel like anyone is phoning it in or like oh I'm doing this like indie martial arts movie it's like no everyone in it feels like they're, they're passionate about this and either that or Sean Patrick Flannery has 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 had everyone buy into the, the script and the film and the and like the the message of the movie like the, this is the love letter to jujitsu and it's cool that was cool at the end i love that, that was oh really yeah cool. yeah his 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 literal literal letter to jujitsu mm-hmm. like even just like everyone watching this movie like please help me deliver this letter uh, like this metaphorical letter of uh, like what the film is and i yeah i really do love that whole idea and, and it's the other thing about it. It's like, it's no nonsense in its portrayal of jujitsu. You know, it's, you know, he, I've listened to a podcast of him describing where he's like, there's always going to be a studio exec that says, throw kicks in there, throw, throw flying kicks, throw like roundhouse kicks, punches. And he says, no. And I love how he stands by that for the entire movie where, mm-hmm. you know, every time he fights, he never throws a punch until the end fight. You know, that's where yeah. it's more like UFC, like mixed martial arts. But for the majority of the time, you know, his game is get them on the ground because no one's going to know what to do. And, and, and they do hit that, that home, you know, at the, at that first uh, Saudi Arabian fight, you know, the big Nigerian fighter and even like the callbacks, yeah. like, oh man, like white boys going down and he takes a guy down to the ground and chokes him. And I, and I do love the final moment. Like I was invested in that final fight. Like this is like Rocky versus Apollo Creed to me. Like I'm in it. Yeah. And that, and I, and I just started like laughing, but like, kind of like, fuck yeah. When, he, he gets him on his back. He puts him in a, in a rear naked choke. And then he, you know, we get that call back, put him on his belly and we get the trainer. We have taco. who's the best friend and his trainer. And he's like, why, why is he taking the choke? He's like, he wants to put him on the ground. He wants to hide his hand. He's like, yeah, fuck this guy. I was like, yeah, fuck this guy. Make, and, and immediately I knew what he was doing, just recognizing the moves. And uh, when they said, oh, he's getting him on his belly, like hiding his hands, I immediately was like, oh, he's going to choke him unconscious. I, I'm in it. Choke this guy unconscious. Because I've been riding with the movie this whole time. I'm right. with the character. I'm with everything that's been happening. And I'm like, yeah, fuck this guy. Choke him out. Yeah, that was that was, um, that was was kind of a cool thing, like hiding his arms underneath them. I was like, oh, that's it. <laughs> that's gangster. Yeah, you can it's, do that. Yeah, it's it's really cool, and I I just love and I and I love the whole thing of uh, throughout the movie where you know he's he's his son asks, oh when can I fight? He's like you know the the whole idea is we never start the fight, we only finish it, 
And that idea, I think, is even lost in today's society, today's world. I was listening to Joe Rogan talk to, I forget which MMA fighter, but it's this idea of the reality of violence, that people that participate in combat sports, whether it be MMA, whether it be jiu-jitsu, Muay Thai, like, veterans but specific like like average people like that participate in these things is they understand what happens when when things escalate and it's in the hands of someone that knows how to defend themselves you know because you get so many people that come out hotheads like oh you want to you want to go bro you want to go man like what happens if they say yeah and then they put you in a triangle they throw you to the ground and they start choking you like what happens and so many people forget that and i think you know, not not making it political. I mean, this is probably a conversation on cylinder radio, but I think that's part of the problem that we're in that we're facing today with, you know, with police brutality. I mean, as one, I mean, that's a multifaceted layer, but you know, a lot of people are forgetting like the reality of violence. You know, they they're put in these situations and people panic because they're not properly trained and they don't know how to respond to situations. Because so many people, they think they know what violence is. So many people say, oh, if I was in this situation, I would do X, Y, and Z. But that's just not how it goes. That is not how it goes. So uh, I, I do really, it, I think this film hits, hits that home, hits that idea of like the reality of violence. And, and especially with the, Pat, uh, the, the Mickey Kelly, Sean Patrick Flannery is we never start fights. We only end them. Um, I don't know if you have any uh, thoughts about that sentiment of the film. Um, yeah, I mean, it's you. It's just like I said about swimming. Like we, you spent how many hours in the pool, you know? And what's interesting is people don't think that fighting is like other sports, but it is. Like if you don't put your time in in the pool, you're not going to be a fast swimmer. It's not just raw aggression that's going to get you there. Like it just, there, it, it's, there's a, a disconnect. And I just, anyone who doesn't believe you or me or listening to this, go to a local martial arts gym. If you think that you can just knock out someone, you know, go and with a trained, like really top level boxer, you won't be able to hit them. They will slip every punch and just light you up and you'll have no idea what happened, but you might not want to risk getting knocked out. So go to a jujitsu gym and just find a top, you know, like a, like a brown belt, black belt, who is, you know, 50 pounds lighter than you and just see what you can do. And, and it'll make you a believer. It is impossible, impossible for you to tap them out. And it's nearly impossible, even if you're a really good athlete for you to survive very long without getting submitted. I mean, it's just, it's just, it is what it is like Max Holloway would say, and people don't believe it until they're kind of forced with that, that realization. And that's why I I love it. It's, I say like, I would love to carry around like a 130 pound black belt in like a, in like a suitcase. Whenever someone says like, whenever I want to crack open, like as an educational purpose, like what you believe to be possible, because I would just open up this thing and it'd be a little 130 pound. I know one of my friends there. Um, I rolled with a girl named Grace Gundrum, who is the top um, teenager, female Nogi um, champion in the world. And um, when she was 16 years old, she was 90 pounds little Asian girl. She's 16 year old, 90 pound girl. I'd been a purple belt. I was a purple belt at this time. And she put me in a triangle. I couldn't get out of it. It's like, it's like, you know, wrestling a chimp or something like that. Like it's, I love that in the movie, they, the confidence that he has when he deals with these people, because I can't imagine being a top level black belt 20 years ago. Like, Oh my God, even what, what I know now, and I'm not a black belt, 
But I know now, if I could go back to like the 1970s, I, feel, I would feel invincible. Oh yeah. You know, and so I, I think that the fact that he could he could play, be it so humble and yet so confident, is just he knew there was absolutely nothing this person could do, and that came up a lot throughout the movie. And I think that's accurate, especially when you go back, like I said, 20 years, because now there's a lot of people that know jujitsu. There's a lot of people that even just watch it and know maybe some basic things. They've just learned like a Kimura or something just from watching UFC. So you have to worry about that stuff a little bit. But back then it was, it was really on the down low. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, it's that, that whole sentiment of like, like they say, man, if you're, if, if, uh, if your guy gets on the ground, like he's done. And I think that, 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 that sentiment echoes through this film. And mm-hmm. I know we, we kind of haven't, we, we've been sort of talking about the film, but we've been talking more about like the jujitsu and like the philosophy of jujitsu and like in relation to this film, um, but that's, I think that we're doing our part, like at the, like we said, at the end of this film with uh, Sean Patrick Flannery actually ha- like has this, everyone, uh, like this is, this is my love letter to jujitsu. And I hope if, if anyone watching this, please help me deliver that letter. I think we're delivering that letter or we're doing our part to help deliver it to whoever is listening. Um, but, and I, and I think uh, that's, that's our part. So we'll, we'll start wrapping up. Um, I know you got to get going soon yeah. and I appreciate you giving, uh, giving me your time. Uh, I guess we'll, we'll just customarily end with, um, I think we, I know the answer to, to this uh, okay. question, uh, whether or not you recommend the film and just give it a, a rating out of 10, uh, out okay. of 10. Uh, and I'll let you go first, Will. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah, I recommend it. So I don't know what the, what the scale is. I'll say 8.5 out of 10. Mm-hmm. I, the, the letter to jujitsu unquestionably it has made my life better i've been i'm a better man because of it i'm a more open-minded i'm a softer more emotionally connected man because of it um uh, i've I've gotten over a lot of like weird stuff that i had in my past about like my insecurities because of it it's it's made me better top to bottom and uh and i can't i can't i mean i just that 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 love letter resonates you know um my friend uh, travis nuaza he made a shirt that kind of went viral and it was jujitsu saved my life and that's, that's unquestionable to me. I think it, it saved my life in, in, in many, many, many ways. So I, I think it's awesome. So I would, I would recommend 8.5 only because my wife doesn't want to watch this movie. Even though she goes to jiu-jitsu tournaments, I went to ADCC with her. She's deep in it. My, my six-year-old's in jiu-jitsu. Eh, I don't know if she would like the movie. So yeah. I will say, if you, if, for, for, for most people out there, it'll, it'll work. It won't work for everybody. So I'm not going to give it a, uh, like a Martin Scorsese 10 out of 10. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I feel you. Yeah. And I, uh, I, I'm going to agree with that sentiment. I'm, I'm also going to give the film an eight and a half out of 10. Um, I do have like, it's, it's not like a nine or an eight. It's, I mean, an 8.5 is a very solid recommendation. Um, I might do like a solo review where I specifically more just like break down the film, um, or maybe even have another, uh, I have one of my, my buddies, Mike Scott, um, who I had for listeners, I had him uh, on the, I actually record an episode that'll be released soon, but uh, he loves this movie. So he might be someone that I might bring back on, but getting back to this conversation, I, uh, I think w- w- this, this conversation we're having with jujitsu, I hope, because I, I think jujitsu is a very misunderstood sport. I, people always ask me after you explain it, you show them like, why would you want to do that? You know, why would you want to have someone sit on you on your diaphragm and you can't breathe while they're still trying to choke and you have to defend it yourself? Like, it's a completely, like, I can't explain it unless you've done it. You know, you and I can sit here and discuss, you know, those moments of, you know, you're, it's a hot and sweaty day. You know, there's the AC's broken. 
you're, you have a 250 pound guy sitting on your chest and they're sweating in your face and they're trying to choke you and you are doing all you can. And you look up and you got two more minutes of this and you've been rolling for, for three. You're like, Oh my God, people just don't understand what that feeling is like, except people that practice. And yeah, it's gross. It's gross. You get black hairs in your mouth. I mean, it's, it's, it's gross top to bottom. You know, people say it's gay. It's all this, it's all of this stuff. And it's like, yeah, I don't, I don't, I can't explain it. I don't know. It's, it's given me so much of life. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's very difficult to communicate. I think that's probably what Sean Patrick Flynn was trying to do. Right. And I think he, he does communicate that very well. You know, he, his character literally loses almost everything. He loses everything except his son and his best friend, his sight, his wife, uh, you know, his, his, what is his life? But it doesn't matter because he has jujitsu. He has that like almost spiritual relationship with the sport and with the martial art. And, and I think it's great that we can have this conversation. I hope anyone listening, this might give them that final push to say, you know what, I'm going to try it. And I hope, I hope you stick out, you stick it out. But (laughs) I think just even having one free session role, it can really tell you, it can, it can really open your eyes to tell you what kind of person you are and whether or not you want to do something about that, whether you're content with that, like that's up to you, but you took, you take that first step forward when you go, when you step on that mat for the first time, it is a very spiritual and very like enlightening experience. So um, because of that, I, I think this film is able to portray that message and get that message across to both practitioners, which practitioners are, loving this movie i think every single person i've talked to that's seen it has raved about it they've loved it they 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 can't get enough of it and i think uh and and i would be very interested to see what uh mike scott would have to say because i don't i don't think he's a practitioner and i would i'm very interested to see what he has to say so yeah i'm actually going to text him after this conversation see if he wants to come on but um but yeah i would give this an 8.5 out of 10 um everyone thanks for listening to this episode uh i hope just listening to two uh jiu-jitsu practitioners is you know been fun and entertaining even if you don't understand some of the lingo or some of the feelings that we sentiments that we've been talking about i hope i hope you can one day i hope this can help push you forward um will is there anything else you'd like to add closing remarks or anything else about where we can find you your show anything like that uh no no i got it in the beginning it's it's uh, it's all good i enjoyed the conversation i can talk about jujitsu forever and i yeah yeah, let's let's try to uh to be an evangelical I suppose for <laughs> yeah exactly but um but yeah everyone uh, thanks for listening to the show and as always we'll see you next time Thank you.